Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Still Growing in Grace. I uh, I want to share a really, really fun conversation I had. I met two guys for the first time, uh, Derek Turner and Jason Clark. Um, they had me on their podcast. Uh, their podcast is called Rethinking God with Tacos. Um, I, I and pick something that people love. I do the coffee thing all the time. That's why I used to call this Grounds and Grace, Coffee Grounds, and stuff like that. Um, but the conversations are real. They're, they're like conversations with individuals and their journey to to encourage everyone else that hey this is a real thing we really have our own struggles we have our own joys we have our own path and there's hope for all of us so i really enjoyed this This is a longer one about an hour and 15 minutes so i uh, if you saw this start early i was trying to figure out some stuff online and i still can't figure some stuff out it's weird something's not quite working i'm assuming it's going well because i'm i'm looking at a different screen i have three different screens trying to see where this is streaming to but hopefully this works out fine. Anyway, you're going to love these two guys. Um, I'm going to have them on <clears throat> on Still Growing Grace. I want to I wanna hear their stories because I had a chance to share a bit of mine. Um, but this looks like a really cool new friendship, and I, I love it. So I, just, I had to share with you, so I think you're going to really enjoy today. Let's get into this interview. I think it'll be great. Mike Zenker. Derek? Yeah, another Canadian brother who yeah. pastors a church. Uh, up near Ontario and uh, man what a dynamite podcast I I mean (laughs) concept of forgiveness chasing you down I I still I'm gonna have to meditate on that I cannot let it go I'm gonna do podcast again myself because I actually got midway through Uh, we lost in my neighborhood I never lose power in my neighborhood so um, (laughs) I'll acknowledge that let people know that's why I I, I skate out for a little bit, but I do come back. That's and, right. Um, it's only about eight Mike, minutes. Yeah, but Mike is yeah. I just a delight. I mean, he was brought to tears retelling his own story. And I think people who listen to this that have a struggle with unforgiveness, yeah. um, you're going to be set free today. Listening yeah. to this podcast, you're going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that uh, the capacity for forgiveness is not only yours, but it's chasing you down. Wow. Yeah. And, and we, we really start talking about forgiveness in the second half of the conversation, but the whole first half sets it up because we're diving into the goodness of God. We're diving into, you know, Christ within you, the hope of glory, yep. uh, rethinking the repenting journey that he's been on the pastoring journey, uh, the, grace that he has to walk with people wherever they are in the process um, 
And then we get to the, you know, this, we begin to apply it to what it practically looks like right. in the context of forgiveness. And yeah, powerful conversation. And we barely scratched the surface, man. We could have talked another hour. In fact, we'll have to have him back on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, my heart connected with this guy immediately. I and, knew. Uh, I know, I know yeah. our listeners will feel the same. He definitely is a man. He's a shepherd, uh, but he doesn't hold any pull back any punches either he, he yeah this is a great great interview yeah absolutely loved it um i think it's going to encourage folks so guys uh this is our conversation with mike zenker hey guys by the way uh august 29th right around the corner tuesday two o'clock taco eastern two o'clock eastern, eastern taco immunities a zoom call with me and jason and all of our best taco friends. Everyone's invited to the party. Uh, we are going to have our very first global taco immunities Zoom call, <laughs> and we want you to be yeah. a part of it, man. August That's 29th. Right. And, if, you, and woman, uh, if you're looking for uh, the link, it's going to go out a few days before. Uh, we'll send it via email. I'll also post a um, some information on our website but if you go to a familystory.org and sign up for the mailing list we will make sure that uh you've got that link and we'll, uh, we'll so throw it out story. in our social media as well if you follow us on twitter or instagram uh, me and jason personally we'll make sure that that links out there to uh get as many uh many taco community followers as we can to get together and talk about yeah. the goodness of god yeah, we're looking forward to it. Looking forward to connecting and connecting you guys to each other. So yeah, we'll see. You, uh, we'll see you Tuesday. Hey, this is this is Mike, our new friend, and I'm also outnumbered again because I've got two Canadians <laughs> on the screen. I'm the I'm the uh, the lone standout here from the lower 48. Mike Zenker. It is. Is and we saying the last name right? Yeah, you got it right. Oh my goodness. Hey two for two we have lots of mutual friends we've we as always we it's fun to meet new folks we found out we already kind of knew each other through a lot of mutual friends and uh we had Catherine tune on uh, recently awesome. oh man amazing and then we just actually talked to her this week for her podcast so oh, uh, we were telling her about you she was giving us some of the highlights i know you've you've been connected to her for a long time but brother share a little bit about uh, your pastor and hope fellowship in yep. uh, in in Ontario near Waterloo. Uh, yes, so, so I, I pastor a church called Hope Fellowship, your community church, which is uh -huh. different than just a community church because it's no one person's church. We always say that. whose church is it really? Um, and we deal with an open hand concept. You know, we love you when you come in, and when you leave, we're not going to stranglehold you and try and keep you because that doesn't work anyway. I love that. So it it can be painful when people leave because. We're not going to chase, right? You only want to be where you wanted. So hmm. we, um, I'm not the original pastor. I think I'm the second pastor. And we used to be in a shopping mall a couple of years ago for about 13 years up on the second floor. I was yeah. telling uh, one of you, I said, uh, our slogan used to be shop and pray. You know, uh -huh. the women shop, the men pray, dear God, stop her. But anyway, it was really fun. <laughs> um, but honestly, we're right in the shopping mall. And we yeah. loved it. And we moved uh, uh, three years ago. And then two services in, COVID hit. It's like, okay. So we moved into another church in Elmira, Ontario. Um, we're living at the Lutheran church for now. And right now it seems to be working and they do their service over in their sanctuary and we use the gymnasium or fellowship halls, they call it. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Kind of relaxed. That's, that's, that's really cool, Mike. Man. 
I love it. I, I'm, I'm in a similar situation. We, uh, we had a very short notice that our lease would not be renewed on the oh, building we were in and a local pastor, uh, offered up their space for on Saturday nights. And so we are wow. currently, uh, in a kingdom relationship with another church that is awesome. And, uh, got some margin before we find some space of our own, but I think that's cool. That's a, that's, that's a, a thing that happens because it's, there's a, as many others that won't let you come in. Oh yeah. Yeah. As soon as they start to hear your stuff, go wait, <laughs> <laughs> man, we, we've been getting to know you. Um, I, I was telling Derek and, and I think we probably both even listened to the most recent message, but I was telling Derek uh, uh, and, and you beforehand that I've, I've spent the last week and a half or so with your messages on. Yeah, I know you have a podcast as well. Yep. Uh, that you've, what's the title of the podcast? It's called Growing, uh, so, uh, Still Growing in Grace. Still Growing, because we're Cause still no, growing. After all, no one's arrived. Yeah. <laughs> so, and and that, Grace fact, is a measureless revelation. It's yes. A, Yes. And, and that one's a lot more fun in that I can, I interview other people. We cover topics that you don't really cover on a Sunday morning because it's too deep. Um, where Sunday mornings is about a fellowship of people that are wanting to grow. So yeah. what you cover and how you talk is different. And so Sunday mornings is about relationships and people that are connected and being sensitive to the needs of who's there. Like it's yeah. about a connection time. Yeah. So the two yeah. ministries, they're interlinked, they're dovetailed, but they're yeah. great. Man, I, I, I love, um, and I think I've listened to enough messages that I think this is a bit of a way that you've, uh, a style that you have, but you, you, at least the messages I've heard, and I've heard five or six, uh, you start with a, a, a series of quotes. Is that pretty <laughs> typical for you? Uh, it is now. Uh, last yeah. November, I began showing some memes that I thought were really deep and powerful. So I, I call it, uh, this is what made me stop and pause and ponder. So I call it That's the pause it. and ponder on Sunday. And usually it's about eight to 10 memes um, of deep quotes from people yeah. that I don't know how else to slip them into a sermon. I can't because right. they, they're all over the place. Sometimes they're dealing with mental health and, and grief or whatever, but I think they hit different people beautifully and it's become a highlight. So yeah. uh, I'm loving it. Now I'm posting what I posted or what I shared on Sunday morning. I'm putting on my Facebook page because people say, I want to take a picture of that or I want that meme. I'm just going to post it, go grab it. Cause I like that. Yeah. I, I was trying to write them down. I stopped trying because you, you banged one to the next to the next, but I was like, man, every one of them powerful. You know, there's a pause button, right? Well, yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 50 now technology and all that. No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, yeah. I, I recall actually one of them was uh, the the people that would welcome and celebrate, you know, be celebrated by the Apostle Paul that he killed. Yeah. When the Apostle yeah. Paul was cool. entered into oh, yeah, heaven, I wrote that one down. he would be greeted yeah, I'll, I'll by all the people that he murdered. Yeah. And, and, tor and Here it is. I got that one. I actually wrote it down, Derek. I'll, yeah, that, the that Apostle stuck Paul to me too. Heaven. I paused yeah. and pondered. Yeah. Well, here's the quote. The, the Apostle Paul entered heaven through the cheers of those he martyred. And then I think you said, that's the gospel. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wrote that one down. Hey, I, I that was short enough. I didn't have to pause it. I could just get it all at once. Yeah. I posted all 12 or 15 of those on my Facebook page. So it's there yeah. to grab. And I love the pause and ponder in the culture that we live in today because it's a, it. it's an awesome way to introduce a, a maybe uh, uh a difficult thought or maybe challenging yeah. thought in a way that makes room for folks. 
um, we typically start off asking a rethinking question. And I, I was, I, I somewhere, maybe in a Catherine Toon interview, you talked about how you pastored for seven years before you even discovered that Christ yeah. lived within you. <laughs> That's embarrassing. And, and oh, are you sure? <laughs> but, but I, when I heard it, I, I loved it because I'm like, isn't that the journey? That's that's the journey we're on. Rethinking tacos is if you could break down what there can I do. It's hey, let's have a better thought about them today than the one we had yesterday. Like yeah, let's let's continue to to grow in in a, in a, a revelation of His goodness and and um and I'd love for you to maybe share because that's talk about a profound. You're pastoring for seven years before you discover Christ within you. Yeah, you know the gospel's pretty good news. That was a big. I imagine that was a pretty amazing day. Well, I thought it was good news for the in crowd. Sure. Yeah. It's only good if you believe correctly. That's what I was believing and grew up believing. So yeah. I didn't know it was for everybody. That took a long time and many stages of growth yeah. because we may not be ready to process the truth God wants to reveal to us, just like throughout the entire Old Testament. It's almost a progressive journey of revelations all the way through. That's good. Um, but yeah, I, I remember when I, uh, I was a youth pastor first and then I became a senior pastor in Alliance Church in Fort Erie. And I'm up at the front, you know, getting up early, to, you know, go, go to the church or the office and I pray, you know, because nobody's in the sanctuary. And I'm begging God, begging God, please, God, dear God, dear, what, yeah. what was I praying for? Forgiveness. I'm begging right. for forgiveness, wow. not knowing I'm already forgiven. So when I read Bob George's book, The Classic Christianity, my jaw hit the floor and I wept. Suddenly I realized I've been begging God for something that's already mine. What? Wow. Then I then I read a book called Grace Walk and met Steve McVeigh and connected yeah. through that and learned identity in Christ. Oh my goodness. I, I've just not stopped growing since yeah. then. Yeah. But I was at a place where I was rushing the journey where I wanted to know more. And as a pastor, you would get this because I got to give an answer. People right. can ask. I have to have an answer. To, right. And I better know what I'm talking about because the pastor has to have answers. So I'm studying, doing all this stuff. And finally, the Holy Spirit said, so how's it going with your uh, trying to get revelation? Not very well. Good. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to help me out. I'll bring wow. it to you at the right time. And wow. uh, it was probably two months later, boom, some stuff started to hit. It's like, oh, man, you can't hurry revelation. But wow. also, you can't unsee it either. <laughs> no, right. that's right. right. Yeah. Wow. I, um, I, I love this idea that you already have it. Um, I, I have a similar, I grew up in the church. So, you know, as Jesus in my heart when I was five and all along How the many way. Times? Oh, many times after that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I refer to back in my late thirty or yeah late thirties as the time that I got saved again. Really, yeah. and it's that what you're talking about, where I I always all of a sudden discovered the finished work, the idea that I was operating from instead of toward. Yeah, um, and for me, the the um, the thing that uh, he he dealt with was a, a desperation. I spent many 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 a day on my knees begging God to show up just come and and uh and and be near me let me be near you and of course there was all the other stuff in there forgiveness for anything that i'd done all those because of course you're operating in the context of lack and separation that was most yeah. of my understanding uh and then the the shift the great the great day where i actually discovered christ within me mm -hmm. uh you know i'd been taught christ was within me uh, but I still spent the great deal of my my formative years all the way into my 30s still trying to get into him, you know? Well, I used to think God was the Sesame Street God of Grover. 
you know, uh-huh. near when you're good and far. You know, when you're <laughs> if you've not seen Sesame Street, I'm really sorry. No, but, no. Um, to me, when you behave, God was near. And if you went to a bar or a bad place, he had to wait outside until you came back out. Right. Um, and that mindset really made it difficult. And you're in a constant fear and shame. Are you forgiven properly? Did I yeah. like it? It was a horrific thing. But then I'm in an Alliance church and one of the virtues is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Why well, didn't even like suddenly I'm realizing, wait, they don't even know how good this is because it clicked. Because when yeah. it Christ is in me, as me, I'm one fused with and union with Jesus. Yeah. Wait, there is no separation. What? Powerful. So, yeah. But at that point, I thought um, only for those who believe. I still, it, it just took a yeah. long time to, to pull those threads out that are preventing you from, you know, spinning free. And ugh. I, I I totally get it because I, I had just sat with someone yesterday and they were asking me at the new book, Leaving and Finding Jesus. They were like, how did you get here? And I said, oh, it started here. Actually, let's start here. It started with identity because I feel like with me, my journey was one in which uh, I was the most insecure man until 33, 34 when I discovered Christ within me. And it was, I've shared the story enough times on here that I won't do that. But just for you, it was a two-year process in which um uh, uh, there was a, a sudden shift and my father began to speak to me and correct me regarding how I saw myself wow. and, and essentially said, you need to begin to see yourself the way I see you. And, and, and I'm not going to accept anything less than that. And I see you in Christ. And I, so, and that there was a huge moment of rethinking or repenting or turning. And, and that was the significant shift where I, I refer to it almost as the day I got saved again or born again. Yeah. I, I realized I was, Jesus got the well pleased before he did the stuff. Like, and suddenly I dove in my, the next book was called uh, prone to love that I wrote. I'd been writing, I wrote prone to love. And to me, it was this revelation of union where I was no longer prone to want prone to wander was a fallen mindset introduced in the garden, not by even it didn't even, in, it, you know, our, no our sin nature didn't even come from our own thinking. It was a delusion that came from outside. So identity was the huge shift. And of course, identity was very much connected to who he was as a father. And so the, the father-son relationship. And so I'd love for you to speak. I know your, your message you shared a little bit before is identity, forgiveness, and I know hope is woven in there. Mm-hmm. So um, tell me a little bit about, sorry about that. That's fine. Uh, but share a little bit about that, that, cause I, I think identity would probably be the way this, this could happen in a second. This is my godson. He'll call three times. <laughs> That's totally fine. It's not bothering us. We're, we're still going strong. Yeah. Strong. You go ahead. Uh, well for me, identity growing up was my, um, behavioral identity, you know, being good, being accepted. Um, I had a people, I was a people pleaser. I wanted to please everyone. I was a misunderstood kid, meaning I got in trouble a lot, <laughs> you know? Um, but, my whole life, even today, to this day at age almost 55, that um, the voice of shame and false identity sneaks its way in every once in a while. I'm able to control it much faster these yeah. days, yeah. but it's taken a long time for that reality of Christ in me as me, fused and one with me, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as one. Yeah. Um, that was a huge shift. Um, but as far as hope uh, comes into this, I think I'm finding, and my phrase has been for the last couple of years, if you heard it, I don't know if you heard them in the messages, but I, I always talk about a hope-filled perspective. And so about 13 years ago, almost 10 years ago now, well, it's, it's 10, 
Yeah, because 2013, I scare. I, I preached my scariest sermon series ever. <laughs> I, I, it was called a more hope-filled perspective on end times. Ooh. And it's the first time I touched on a different, more hope-filled perspective that I was not used to or heard of before. I wow. had leakings of it over the years. But finally, when I dove in, and I had to dig into it first, not just teach it because I heard of somebody else teach it. And then you suddenly jump on and start teaching it. It's like, that's dumb. I need to know it's true. Yeah. And so at least offer something. So I'm adding menu items to the menu for people that are hungry for more. Because if it's the same, same dish, tomato soup from Campbell's. If that's your only menu item, oh my goodness, it's going to get boring fast. Right. So here, let's, let's, let's dig deeper. You mean there's some translation issues that could help us understand a difficult text better? Yes. So if the end times one was big, then the topic of hell was stands to reason that it too uh, sure. is open to a better perspective. Yeah. What weren't we told? Yeah. LGBTQ, wait yeah. a minute. Uh, that's a hot topic. Sure. Like, to me, I want to find a hope-filled lens for the difficult verses, the difficult doctrines that uh, some of them are just man-made. They're just flat out not right. However, yeah. well-intentioned. Yeah. So to not attack people in how we speak and rather address the differences. That's a trick because otherwise you end up attacking a person who teaches certain thing. So right. they're terrible people, blah, blah, blah. And wait a minute, Jesus didn't do that. Nah. Ah. So, you know, to me, if it doesn't look like love, it's not love and it's not Jesus. It's not God. So really this whole agape thing is much deeper than we were told. Like the yeah. definition of love, we're just not told what it is enough. Because if it, if you are told, your job better hit that floor every time you realize. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. That's good, wow. Mike. As as a pastor too, I think um, one of the important truths that you're bringing out is that um, we need to create an environment for people that is broad to a lot of different That's opinions safe. on a Sunday. A create a loving and safe environment. I, I had a conversation with someone recently and, you know, they, they don't want to come to churches because they just don't te de teach deep enough truth. And I told her, you know, you're probably right. I mean, um, and that's okay. Cause I feel like, and I love the language you're giving this menu items, because what happens when you go through a rethinking period. And as a pastor, I went through, I went through a pretty major deconstruction while I was pastoring mm -hmm. where I didn't read my Bible. I read the gospel of John only for two years. That was it. And so after that, you know, I realized, wait a second, my, my wife thought I was a heretic in the beginning and now she's <laughs> gradually coming along and she, she was able to hear it from other voices. It wasn't me. So the, my point is, is that if God is patient and kind with us and bringing us along in this revelation, like when the student is ready, the teacher will show up then we as pastors, I think, need to provide an environment where, hey, we're giving people great uh, opportunities to connect. We're giving people great opportunities to be prayed for. We're giving people opportunities to receive communion, have meals together. And then when it comes to doctrine, we're keeping it in a level that is kind of like inclusive and giving feet to the gospel of how to love well and how to receive God's love well. But then we're leaking out those menu items every now because you can't help it. You cannot help it. And I, I've had yeah. these secret conversations with so many people in my congregation. It's like, hey, wait, Pastor Derek, you said something about like, you know, 
hell, but you, the way you said it made it sound like you, you don't believe in the lake of fire. And I was like, let's talk, friend. You and me, we're going <laughs> to coffee. Let's hang out. Um, <clears throat> so you kind of leak it out, which I think is okay. Um, because the fire hose approach is going to alienate too many people. Um, and, and I realized how patient and kind the Lord was with me on my journey of growth. And of course, none of us are there yet, but some of the thoughts about God that I've abandoned, um, there are some people that still hold those thoughts very precious, you know, and, um, you got to lean into it with love. And Jason, and I just recently have been talking about this, but when you get so dogmatic about the fact that God is love, he doesn't have love. He is love. And what we do must be done in love. It's difficult to be dogmatic and angry and pointing fingers. You're right. The method becomes everything. Loving becomes the way yeah. of Christ. Yeah. So, yeah. Which will um, contaminate every other topic of doctrine you have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It impacts everything. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Say more about that. It, every, yeah. Um, well, I've had, uh, I've had people, um, ask, what does your church believe church believe about this? Do you accept these kinds of people, that kind of person? Are you going to put this up to show that you accept those, that group of people? And I said, no, I'm not going to create exclusivity yeah, or over that. highlight one people group over another. Um, we're teaching God is love and loves all. If you can't get God loves all and everyone yet, uh, we don't need a sign up. We don't need to have a banner up. And now we yeah. make that the attention center point right. when Jesus is the center point. That's so good. I'm not going to get caught on all those rabbit trails because if they're not here in Christ in you, the hope of glory, God is love and we are to be loving. And if we're going to take that one command, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, slow that down a little bit. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as if it's you. Yeah. Like that's different than yeah. love your neighbor as yourself. As in some people will hear it. Well, this is how I love myself. So now it's how I love myself. That's how I'm supposed to love others. Well, a lot of people hate themselves. So right. they're not good lovers of others. Right. So this is, this is about first. And it's scary because if you're in the church world, this is the slowest freaking process ever. And every church growth thing will screw up when you start teaching true love because it slows everything down. And then the charts go out the window because they don't matter. Yeah. And it's just, it's just not the way of systems, but it is the way of love. Well, and I love, man, that's back to identity because it, you, if you, if you have your identity, if you love yourself the way that Christ loves you, now you, you, you know, for me, we love because he first loved my responsibility today is to wake up, become more aware of his affection and live from that place. That's that identity thing that then empowers. I, I love this, um, this take on uh, what you're talking about. Uh, it reminds me of the disciples who wanted to, to know who'd sinned um, with the blind man, you know, and Jesus is like, it's the wrong question. Like it's, it's literally the wrong focus. We're not, we're check this out. And he heals them. Like, like this is, this is what we're doing. Um, man, I, I, I love that. Uh, Derek and I were yeah, talking. No, Jason, I, one, one quick thought, but I think the message paraphrase said, Jesus actually says, there's no cause and effect here. Let me yeah, show you what yeah. heaven. Let me show what heaven thinks about this, and, yeah. and we're always looking for cause and effect, you know, which yeah. puts us in the spotlight of being responsible. I think we do the same thing with salvation. Like, well, I allowed Jesus into my heart. It was my faith, you know, that in Him, because He's been knocking on that door forever. He's been outside, outside, outside knocking, and I finally let Him in. 
And uh, yeah. when you flip the script on that one and realize, yeah, no, um, it was revealed to you from within, you know, like th this within. call is from coming from inside the house. <laughs> you can't and, even pray the prayer without the revelation in you. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, it. And Paul, yeah. Paul talks about it. It pleased the Lord to reveal Christ in me, not to me. Um, I, yeah. I was Damascus experience. And so um, then our, our role as followers of Jesus is really more about, you know, loving people well to give a, a demonstration of the love of God and who Jesus really is, as opposed to trying to get people saved. Um, it mm -hmm. takes the whole insider outsider thinking completely out of the equ equation and, and brings it to a, a place of you're either awake or asleep or blind, you know, and we want to help open people's eyes to the reality. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, that other side of the coin is very difficult for people to get sometimes. And I want to hear from you as a pastor, how you lead people into loving themselves well or receiving the father's love well so they have the capacity to love others well because it's if you're loving others as you love yourself then that capacity of i've received the God, father's love to this degree so much that i'm capable of demonstrating that yeah. to others yeah. how do you lead people into that understanding if that is what it looks like then that's a great church to be a part of because there isn't one single person teaching, you know, you may right. have a leader who does teaching, but when everyone is listening to the spirit, because my job is to teach people how to hear the voice of God, Love it. not teach them stuff because the right. Holy Spirit's the revealer, right? That's so good. all I can do now instead, and I've had people come and want to do coffee with me say, and they, they're upset about something. So they have this list of verses they want me to answer about, you know, it's like, <laughs> put your list away. We're, we're not doing that. Says, what do you right. mean? Well, look. If, if you and I aren't even going to go have a beer together, because I'm German, I'm allowed. Um, if we can't have a beer together or coffee together as friends, why would I open up the deep, intimate things of my theology with you when it's right. going to be spat on and, and, you know, slapped around? So let's build trust first. Yeah. And that's really helped. So I no longer give people answers for, hey, what does the Bible say about that? Because you can make it say what you want. Right. But I say, hey. Can I invite you in on my journey? Can I expose you to some of the materials, books, videos that have really inspired me? Maybe the Holy Spirit's going to bring you along a similar path. I don't know, but at least it's going to trigger something else and you'll go down your path that you need to go on, but I'm not going to become the answer person. So to me, that's a lot easier now. My stress in the role has really dropped. <laughs> so that's you know. good, Mike. I, I, I went through a similar experience where it was just, you know, early on in ministry, and I've been pastoring 20 years, I've been in ministry 30, but um, yeah. in the 20 years of pastoring, the pressure to have the answers and and yes. to be certain about everything. And I can say I'm less certain about things, and I understand the invitation of mystery and living in the mysterious. The thing yes. I am always going to bring people back to is just that foundation cornerstone of Jesus. Hey, let's not let's not throw Jesus out you know, with all your other theology and, le and let's find the real Jesus too. I mean, G Jason talks about this in his stellar book, his awesome book. I'm just going to promote it one more time, leaving and <laughs> finding him. Jesus right there, ready to go. Man. I wrote the foreword <laughs> in that book, by the way. You did. Um, and, uh, That's funny. but seriously, it, you know, when someone is describing a God to you that is retributive, angry, wrathful, sends people to eternal conscious torment. Yeah. I'd leave that God too. In fact, I have, and I found the truth and the answers in the God revealed in Jesus, the perfect revelation of the Father. And so, um, but bringing people into that place, 
uh, of learning to truly receive the love of God for themselves, um, that can be that can be a difficult proposition because you have all these different categories. There are people who had horrible fathers. So the fact that Jesus revealed him as, quote, father, they're like, well, instinctively, I know what a good father is supposed to be, but I've never had an example. So um, that's why I like to, the shack. You have to allow. Yeah, you have to allow the Holy shack. Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to be the one to re, to reveal that to them. And so um, I, I, I have a I have a I have no problem saying I don't know anymore or. I don't know you well enough to be able to speak into this situation. Let's spend some time together. I want to invite you into my story and I want to hear your story. The trust, the trust level that you build in 20 year relationships with people then gives you a voice to start speaking uh, truth into their lives. And that, that takes time. It's the long game. I mean, you cannot build a church quick on, on love. <laughs> it's well, kind of funny, exhausted if you do. It's true, but you're also using gimmicks and tricks and wooing marketing to get people to come, but that's going to get exhausting and you burn out. Yeah. But when it's just Jesus, um, usually a crisis has to bring that about. Yeah. You know? A crisis yeah. can cause people to really question everything. And mm-hmm. we're told in, in churchianity, we're not allowed to question mm-hmm. stuff, but the questioning is the gateway that's yeah. so to, good. to finding deeper yeah. revelation in my mind. Yeah, and if you've if you've looked at your own journey, I mean, it's 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 been growth, it's been awakening, it's been living in the mystery and, and discovering. I'm going to quote something. I don't know who it was, but being biblical is worthless if we aren't being Christ-like. Yeah, uh, is is what you're really doing when you're sitting down at that table with someone. Uh, yeah. You're not interested in debating. You know, people want to get into. Hey, let's talk about. You can make it say anything. Otherwise, it's about being right. Yeah. Otherwise, it's about being right. And that's yeah. the wrong freaking tree. Yeah. That's like good. a good exactly. tree, right? Yeah. It's not about being right or wrong. Yeah. It's about life. So that's let's it. switch trees, not branches. That's it. Love big, it. Big, big difference. Love well, it. He's, he's, it's relational. This a week, I refer to myself as a relational theologian just because I'm not, uh, I, I grab that, that uh, language, but it's practical theologian. It's, it's, uh, we were talking with Catherine the other day, uh, Tune, and, and I, I re- revisited a story of, and this is to me, what I love about this conversation I'm hearing between two pastors who have made love the foundation of what they're doing is uh, I, my daughter was, and Derek's already heard this story a couple of times, but when she was little, she was two, uh, all, all the way from birth till two, she was a mama's girl and, and uh, she liked me, but she loved mom. And, uh, and so uh, if mom, did anything, she was on her hip. And every once in a while, Karen, my wife, mom would, uh, would, would forget, you know, if, if Karen had to leave the house without her, it was a big to do big production. I had to distract her and get her a nap or whatever. But if Karen wasn't thinking she'd go out the, the door to get the mail, which was just at the end of the road at the end of our, our driveway. And, uh, if our daughter caught her walking out the door unthinking, she would, she'd walk out and she'd, uh, and our, our daughter would fall apart, just fall apart. <laughs> And, uh, and so I would scoop in, I would pick her up mm-hmm. and I would, and I would, I, I didn't berate her for her immaturity or somehow come down on her. I just stepped down into this journey she was in, in her moment, I would be there with her. But as I did that, I would pick her up and I would carry her to the window. I'd carry her to the door and I'd lift her up so she could see from my perspective. And to me, that is what, what, what pastors do. That's what you guys do. You, 
you you step into that moment, much like what Jesus does, and you you say, we're going to do relationship. I'm going to come into the place where you're at, but I'm also going to introduce you to this other perspective. I'm going to do my best to give you uh, this other, our higher perspective, if that makes sense. I have a, a privilege of doing a couple of other jobs. So pastoring is just one of them. Um, but chaplaincy to me is a, an extension of the pastoral role because most people have to be a pastor first before they can be a chaplain. So I began as a fire department chaplain, which is really cool. Um, but now I'm also a long-term care home chaplain and a funeral home chaplain. So I do a ton of funerals every year. I love doing funerals and I do weddings. So that world of being around non-religious people has been the greatest gift ever. In fact, my lens now to see the light of Christ in all things and in all people shining through all people, even though they think it's darkness in them. Oh my goodness, how great is that darkness? I think Jesus said that. (laughs) So if, if, if I am one speaking in a difficult time, I speak to the light in them. That's it. I love that. I don't speak truth to make it true. If I speak truth and they hear truth, it's been true long before I spoke it and truth recognizes truth. So so there isn't a push evangelism schemes. I'm really sick of now because it's all manipulation more or less. Yeah. Uh, I just, I'm really tired of if you're down, like just honest about what you're really doing, go and be light. Look for light. Yeah. That's so simple. Like, but in the chaplaincy world, uh, you know, most people, so they may be, oh, we're not really religious. Well, neither am I. You man. know, we begin to talk and laugh. So I, that's it, man. And I, I, that scripture uh, where the eye is healthy, the body's full of light, where the eye is unhealthy, the body's full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So that's the one you were quoting. Yeah. I, I love that because even in that scripture, it's, it's like, if then the light within you, I'm like, well, where is the light? It's in within you. you. <laughs> so we're talking about a lens now. All we're you talking about. like that is already there. So yeah, the light's already there. So it, 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 we're not having a conversation about where the light is. We're just having a conversation about how you perceive. And so now we get to we get to talk about uh, our lens, and we get to clean and the I lens. Think, and I think that topic of using the discussion of light is the probably the safest and best one in the church world. I love rather it. than talking about all are in Christ, everyone's saved language that can yeah. really throw people off or become bombastic. Yep just using light as an illustration is the soft entry that yeah. look, this is clear. Yeah. And then if that's true, man, maybe they can, nobody creates the bridge to understand the rest of it. They only have these statements on little islands, but nobody's built a bridge to those heavy topics yeah. to make it clear. Yeah. J- Jason, you can talk to the bridge uh, with your yeah. uh, Island example. And I want you to, cause I think it fits perfectly, but Mike, I hear what you're saying. And I, think that the multi-level marketing strategies of evangelism uh, are going to and have turned so many people off. And then basically it was when you have insider outsider thinking, you basically have this pressure to quote, get people saved. And so you invite them over for dinner, you know, like you would to draw circles for them, to sell them your, you know, Amway product or whatever multi-level marketing thing you're in. But if they don't sign up, well then, oh, I, I'm not going to, we're not going to hang out. You know, I'm not going to, I didn't invite you over for dinner because I love you and I want to get to know you. I just invited you over <laughs> because I need to get you in the club. When you shift that or, perspective and just love people well, you begin to awaken 
within them yes. the reality of light. I think that's why John used light and life language in his gospel so much the way that he did. If you are approaching somebody with this concept of they need to get saved, you have already put them in a place below you. You've right. already created yeah. a separation. You're, yeah. you, have, you think you're better than they are. Yeah. And you, you say, well, of course I don't. Yes, you actually do because yeah. you think you're in and they're not. That's and right. that is a darkness that you need to get healed from. Yeah, that's right. Ah. That's, 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 oh, I know, man. That's, there's no hierarchy in the Trinity. There's no, no. none of that going on. And, and uh, I love this. The, go go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I was going to go back to the light language because yeah. light, light doesn't have to do push-ups, ah. you know. Uh, you know, and so it, it's such an easy conversation, you know, true. I, I often, when we get in these conversations about hell or whatever, I'm a relational guy. So for me, I'm like, uh, you can, the, the smartest guy in the room can do circles around me with, with, with theological terms and all kinds of scripture. And then I'll just ask him, how does that work in your relationship with your son? I mean, it, it doesn't. So, you know, let's, let's talk, let's talk relationship. But when we get into these hard conversations for me, it's it's really easy to go look I, I i don't study a lie to know what a lie is i just get i just get closer to the truth mm -hmm. and so you know early on my conversations about hell were like man let's talk about what let's let's get to know what heaven is let's get to know what union is let's get to understand what jesus was living when he said the kingdom's not just at hand it's within me we were never uh, told that though that's the problem right all through Sunday school the teachers only taught us the stories of the curriculum and yeah, we're told what it means. There's no room for thinking and and deciding if you think differently. And then the sermons, the same thing. Um, so where's the room to grow and question? Yeah. So yeah, but it's a safe place when you when when you when you become dogmatic in love, all conversations are safe. There isn't a room you can't go right. into and have. Right. There isn't a person you can't interact with because you're speaking to the light within them. What you said earlier. Let's just address the light within you. I'm not having to wrestle with, uh, you know, when you realize God was in Christ, uh, reconciling the world to Himself, not in the sin counting game, not counting sins back to the, you know, who sinned, uh, his parents or him that he was born blind. That wrong question. Like you said, we're eating from the wrong tree. When you, when you begin to eat from the tree of life, when you realize that the conversation is about light, man, then you're able to, it, it, you and I grew up in a place where it wasn't safe to have these conversations because sin was such a, was, well, Adam's sin was greater than Christ's resurrection. I mean, that was, that was what we were raised in, that the fall yeah, was more yeah. powerful than the resurrection. So, well, and you had a, you had a, uh, uh, you created a Jesus who didn't allow Thomas to put his finger in his that, side and his hands. That's right. That's and good. When, when you realize he never got that, scolded either. He not once, not once. It was, it was welcomed. It was, please let me, let me absorb your doubts and let me, let's talk it's, about it's it. It's better than that. He got pursued. He yes. just didn't bump into him. He yes, pursued Ed. those who were most hurt. He pursued Peter. He pursued Thomas. So it's like, wait, you know, love pursues yes i love yes. that mike that's gonna be that's gonna be my, one of my new statements no it's better than that it's better than that it's always better than that yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, right. I love uh, just the story of my mom years ago uh i i was uh something happened and she was talking to my sister and and she made some comment about thomas and i made the joke i said do you mean the doubting thomas like i threw that moniker at him and my mom came out and she said jason you don't call him doubting 
he he asked the questions when all the other disciples they had the same question. He just was bold enough to ask it, and he's and, and I was like, good. She's like, thank God he asked the questions, and I yeah. started to go read the, the the scriptures behind the question. I was like, some of the things we have from what Jesus said is because Thomas asked, and she's like, yeah. yeah, good question. That's a great he, lens. Yeah, I loved it. It really shifted things. Hey, let's talk. Um, this is I, I want I want to hear you break down you know your 18 uh teachings on forgiveness in the oh. next 15 minutes uh, uh, maybe i'm but i'll just tell you this story i uh, and maybe this will be a setup i don't know but but for me um and I, I imagine it's connected to your 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 story and your past but maybe the, the most pivotal shift in my life was um uh, around the the issue of forgiveness at least in the way that I understood it at the time, um, was I was working for, uh, some pastors I was on staff and it was a really bad situation. And I, I often say I learned spear dodging honor in that season. Uh, you know, um, trust is earned, so you don't take your eye off them, but you can still honor them. But if you took your eye off them, you'd get skewered, you know? So I learned to, I learned to, to honor while keeping my eye on them at all times. But in that context, um, and through some things that were very dishonoring. I, I was, I, I found myself at a conference and the short version is uh, a guy, prophetic fella type comes up to the urinal next to me and I'm overwhelmed with uh, this fight for bitterness and so on, some things that have been done. And, and he says, Jace, you know what God's at the urinal, right? This is, this is what happens. He just, Jace, you know what God's been saying to me out of the blue? And I'm like, uh, I'm like, no man. Hey, nice to see you. <laughs> He says, Jesus forgave them for they knew not what they did. And I can't tell you what it did for me. I, it was the greatest freedom. Um, my wife and I say probably the, one of the most powerful things we learned is they're doing the best they can, which is a Brene, Brene Brown phrase. Uh, they're doing the best they can. But it's the same concept. He forgave them. They knew not because they sure as shit seemed to know what they were doing is from where I was sitting. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'll have to beep out now. I'll have to say I, we just had a. <laughs> But I would love for you to, for me, that's, there was such a liberty that came immediately in that situation, but then in deeper, more painful situations since, that truth has sustained me in ways I can't, and I don't know that I, I can teach on forgiveness and certainly couldn't give you 18 sessions, but, but uh, maybe that's a good open door for what you're carrying in that area. Huh. It's a, it's a big story. I, I won't be able to cover everything at all. Um but I might as well tell the story that led to all this, if that's okay. Yeah, do it. Yeah, we want so, the story. Hey, guys, we uh, have heard the cry of our audience. And uh, you guys are looking for deeper connection than just listening to us talk and interview people. Right. You want to get to know one another. And so we're going to host a Zoom call, aren't we, Jason? <laughs> we are. And we have a date and time, August 29th. 2 p.m. Eastern, we're going to have a call with uh, some folks who listen to this podcast. What are we calling this? Taco? Taco this is our Taco Munities. Taco Munities <laughs> Zoom call. Uh, but we want you to join us in some conversation around rethinking God, but also to kind of develop a tighter community. So August 29th, 2 p.m. Eastern. That's right. You need to go to Family Story dot org to sign up for the mailing list to make sure that you get the zoom link that we will send out a couple days prior 
Uh, but we're inviting you to hang out with us uh, online for a while. We'll have question and answer. Uh, we'll get to know one another better. Uh, we want to yeah. hear from you directly. So yeah, what else, yeah. Jason? Well, we've heard a whole lot of requests about, hey, do you know someone in my area that thinks like this? Uh, and right. A whole lot of folks that are maybe feeling like they're on the journey alone. And so that's that's what got us here. How do we connect with you guys and how do we help you connect with one another? So, yeah, um, August 29th, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, afamilystory.org. Sign up on our mailing list and we'll we'll have a good time together. Feel free to bring tacos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to, feel free to join us with taco in hand, but uh, please you mute feel- your mic if that's the case. <laughs> but uh, hey, it t- started off as a joke, Taco Immunities, yeah. but it's gaining momentum and uh, we that's want you right. to be a part of our Taco Immunity. <laughs> right. See you guys August 29th. Looking forward to it. Guys, my book is out, Leaving and Finding Jesus. If you've already read it, I would be so grateful if you would go to Amazon and write a review. This actually helps the rankings. It also helps people trust the book before they buy it. Uh, Thankful for you for that. And also so thankful for all the support that's come in over the last little bit. We're just, we're just blown away, blessed by folks' generosity. You know, a family story is a nonprofit. This is a listener supported podcast. And uh, we're just so grateful to be on the journey with you guys. So thankful for you praying life and joy and wonder over today. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Um, I grew up in a German Baptist church, so I got double strict, strict and strict German. It was just nasty strict. Um, But uh, I also had a very, very harsh mother and she would hit and yell. I was hit a lot. Um, One of the tools she used. She cut a garden hose into pieces like one foot, foot and a half lengths and drilled a hole through each piece, put a string through, tapped holes inside closets. So they hung these up around the house. So they're within easy reach to whack. So it's a German European spare the rod, spoil the child mindset. Um, It's honestly, it's, it's a European thing. Wow. And so I was hit a lot and she yelled a lot. My dad was supposed to be the soft, nice person protecting us. So whenever he went to work late at night, we were scared. Like I always was afraid when I heard mom's steps coming down the steps. You know, I had two brothers living downstairs in the room with me. My sister lived upstairs, a small house, but a lot of fear going on. So I didn't want to be there. So anything to not be there. So I went to all the school clubs, all the sports sports team, everything I could do, right. last picked kid all the time. Cause I had a big mouth and trying to, you know, I don't know. I was just one of those kids, I, just annoying kid. Right. But with a smile, I was cute. That's the only thing I had going for me. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what they told me. And so, um, uh, I started delivering newspapers, um, at age 11, my brothers had some routes. And so at that time you had to go door to door to collect the money once a month to pay I for did the this. papers. I remember doing that. Yeah. 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 Canadian kid. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So uh, there was a Catholic church on my route. And so I got to know the priest who was German and uh, he uh, got to know me. And uh, honestly, for three years, he sexually abused me Mm. and I did not get out of it. It escalated and escalated. And um, finally got to a really bad point and I had to quit because I wanted nothing more to do with him after a certain episode. But the high school was directly across the street from the school. So 
I was just entering high school. It's, in fact, that was the year, the first year you walk up to the school and everyone had acid washed jeans. That's the year. <laughs> Way back then. Okay, we're the same age. We're the same age. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, I had the spiritual gift of truancy. So I exercised it frequently. Uh, by the end of grade 10, started grade 11, um, I was old enough to decide after they told me they didn't want me in school anymore, they kicked me out and I said, I don't want you either. I am going to multiple high schools in the area. Really difficult time, had trouble sleeping. Um, anyway, it was, it was, brutal. yeah, yeah. So then I met my wife and uh, we got engaged. And it was after I got engaged, I was uh, 20, 21 at the time. We got married at 22. But at the beginning of that year, I told her about the abuse and she said, Oh boy, I don't know if I can. I, can't marry you like this. You're like, don't you need help or something? So I called the police department, asked to speak to a counselor, and they said, "Well, it sounds like you're doing okay because I had all the I had all the Jesus lines. You know, I have to forgive. Bible says so. So right. I've forgiven. There, I've done the duty. <laughs> Misconception. <laughs> so and and yeah, I did in some way. Sure. <laughs> but um, they ended up saying, "Go go speak to a police officer about this." So I ended up um, going in and, and met uh, two officers. One of them is I'm friends with still. He had just started the youth division. He was a Christian. And uh, I shared my story and the motivation they asked, the big question they asked was motivation. Why, why do you bring this up now? Um, I said, well, because I don't want him to be in their kids. You know, I got to right. get this out and stuff. And they realized I was telling the truth uh, because some people were making up stories still. And right. attention seeking, I couldn't care less about that. I just wanted him gone, whatever. So they did an investigation. They went to go arrest him, but the uh, uh, Catholic Church found out about the arrest that was pending. So they quickly got him out of Canada. So mm -hmm. they call him the priest that got away. There's a movie called Spotlight out. Um, yeah, that's my story in Can in Canada though. Wow, I was in Boston, but similar right. thing here. Right. And wow. so um, uh, when I finally hit age 45 something woke up in me and I, there's nothing I could do about it. And, uh, I started drinking a lot more, um, cause I was trying to squelch something. I didn't know that until my therapy. So I, I thought, okay, I'm gonna, I heard about, um, um, I think New York times syndicated an article about how all these priests were getting shifted and shuffled. Yeah. So I thought, Hey, maybe there's a, a lawsuit I can jump on board a class action. Cause I got a story. I'm part of this. I, I want to, I need to say something. Right. So I contacted the writer of the paper and he said, no, no, no. You want to talk to a guy in London, Ontario, a guy named Rob Talek. He's a lawyer. Talk to him. He deals with this all the time. So I did. Um, and we sat down. I'm scared. I'm really scared now. Cause he asked my motivation. Why do you want to do this? How much do you want? What, what are you after? And I said, honestly, um, and before I signed the paperwork, Holy spirit and I had a long talk and uh, cause I had this guilt of, well, I'm a minister. You can't sue the church. Like that's like a cardinal sin, you know? And so, um, uh, it, the Holy spirit basically said that you're doing this for your own healing. Go ahead and sign. I talked hey, to my just, family. Oops. Just so you know, Mike, um, Derek lost power. That's fine. So when he comes okay. back, you keep sharing the story. I just wanted you to know what happened. Yeah. Um, that's fine. and, okay. but, uh, we'll, we'll finish it out. So I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. I'll, it's all good. I'll edit it up. So yeah, that's fine. All right. Uh, where was it going now? So, um, for me, I was doing this for my healing journey and I told my kids about it. The story went to the newspaper, the local paper on a Saturday morning. Um, I read the article it was a pretty good article, but I don't know how I missed the second, uh, second paragraph, which detailed the lawsuit 
And I was horrified, mortified, and bawled my eyes out because now wow. everybody knows my story. It's like, right. holy dung. I was, I wept. My wife walked into my office at the exact time. Oh, I don't do the crying thing well in front of her. <laughs> that, was, that was McNasty. But um, uh, I, I had a lot of people reach out in a good way. I had pastors ready to persecute me because I was doing this lawsuit right. thing. Right. Um, and uh, basically, I just I wanted the church to to own what they did. That was my motivation. Stop right. it. And, you know, right. their only language is lawsuit. <clears throat> so I started counseling right away because I said the only thing I want is counseling money because I can't afford it. Pastors right. can't right. afford counseling. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so they began counseling right away. And I had three years of therapy, which really taught my 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 consciousness, what was going on, how I had right. suppressed so much right. without knowing it. Right. Um, it was probably the best thing ever. And so my healing journey began with that. Um, we did close up the lawsuit. Um, it was exhausting. Uh, if anybody's gone through a lawsuit, you know that the amount that you sue, you never, ever, ever, ever see. <laughs> it's a, right. it's a shot over the bow. So right. misconceptions galore. So people thought I was being greedy. You sure. know, I'm thinking, you don't know my heart. Right. You know? Right. So anyway, that came to an end. Um, but then I began to heal even more because even after the therapy internally, I'm, I'm, I'm still healing and I yeah. had a number of layers of forgiveness that came. And so I began to understand forgiveness is more than just saying the words. And so, um, I read, uh, uh listened to a series by a guy named Frank Friedman years ago. His, his materials was the, the core of what I, where I got my stuff from. Okay. Um, but that was years and years and years ago. Um, but I expanded on that big time. And so when I understood that forgiveness was for me, not the other person that blew my mind and yeah. that forgiveness. In fact, I found it easier to forgive the priest of all people than my mother. Right. Wow. So that, in fact, it was in my counseling. I realized, you know, my mother drove me to the priest right for all the harshness and it's right. like, wow right so i couldn't stand my mother I, I i almost had a hate on her you know when she died it was it was nasty you know wow. i said bye see ya you know wow. it was yeah, really sure. sad yeah but seven years ago, after she passed away and this is just a few years ago oh yeah. he's coming in now okay yeah uh i'm gonna hit stop and restart because derek won't they won't it won't record him now okay okay so stay right there i'm gonna hit, hit stop restart and you, uh, we'll pick up where uh, you lost your mom. So when, when my mom died, um, there wasn't a lot of sadness, you know, it's like good riddance, goodbye. You know, you've been a pain in my life. Um, but for the next few years, uh, I'd started to learn about, and I've been doing funerals and I've, I've started to hear what's going on in people's lives. You've, you've heard enough stories at, at deathbeds of what people see and experience just before they pass away near death yeah. experiences and such there's enough stories to make you think wait a minute there's something true to this but then i started to understand this quantum world so there's a benefit to that and sure. i started to realize wait a minute on the other side we're going to see more clearly yeah so one day <laughs> um the holy spirit knew i was going to do a burial at, at the cemetery where my mom was buried and uh said go go visit your mom's grave and i said nah i'm okay <laughs> so I'm about to leave the cemetery after this uh, funeral I did and tap, tap, tap my shoulders, get on. Oh, fine. So I went over and uh, this is, this is how forgiveness came to me. Wow. That's a whole different world. 
Right. I've never experienced this before. So I'm sitting there saying, Hey mom, you know, uh, whatever. And then I could hear the Holy spirit say, you know what? You've been learning a lot about people seeing clearly in the veil being lifted. And, you know, once you're on the other side, what's preventing people from hearing or seeing light and truth? Well, nothing. So they're obviously seeing something better than we are by a long shot, more true. And so if your mom could just pop her head back through the veil just for a moment, what do you think she'd say? And I lost it mm. because wow, I, I could hear her say, I'm, I'm really sorry. Wow. Wow. And she'd say it from authenticity. Yeah. That's beautiful. Right? There's, yeah. There's no darkness in those words. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it was the first time I had a, um, a sense of loss. Wow. 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 But I didn't ask for it. Yeah. It came to me. And so I've learned, I've, I've, I've sensed a, a, a depth of forgiveness in that moment that while I had already forgiven objectively, so to speak, subjectively, it needed to work its way in and through me. Man. We're not done. So wow. forgiveness is both a, uh, an event and a process. It's not just one of them. Yeah. That's what people don't realize. Yeah. So it can take longer to heal from whatever's gone on. You may never experience it on this side of earth. Yeah. Just may not. Yeah. But that one woke me up. And then a number of years later, I'm at a football game, uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats. And I'm talking to my buddy, Reg, about a relationship that went sour. And uh, uh, I'm telling him all this. And, I'm, and I said, but I'm, but I want to know why. Like, I forgive, but why? Why did this happen? Why was that not coming? And suddenly, while football is being kicked, I get a, oh, my goodness. And it's like the Holy Spirit said, do you hear when you ask for forgiveness, God saying, I forgive you, but why, why'd you do that? Why did you go on and on? What, like, why didn't you understand? It's like, oh my goodness, my expectations attached to that mm, yeah. need to be surrendered. It was, it was, I was free in a whole new way. And that's the second time forgiveness came to me for another circumstance. Wow. Mike, so, and I've never told anybody that. Yeah, Mike, I, I'm just really appreciate you sharing this all with us and being as open as you are. I think this kind of story is what people need to bring freedom into their lives by the power of your own experience and testimony. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being vulnerable and real and true with us today. I just, I think about this concept of forgiveness coming to you as opposed to you mm -hmm. releasing it. It's so powerful. And we, That's all about you, remember? Yeah, we see it in the life of Jesus, though, don't we? I mean, even pre-cross, you know, four dudes bring their friend in and dig through the roof and they lower him down. And Jesus says, hey, your sins are forgiven. Um, didn't even ask. Didn't ask. Right. And it was pre-cross. And so, um, you know, what are you going to do with that? And it, and it looked like something. Yeah. But I, I just, I yeah. so ex uh, appreciate the depth of your experience um you know it, I, and it's something that i actually am engaged with right now that i i needed to hear that that story i mean i've got a a story of forgiveness myself from the drunk driver that killed my wife and unborn child uh back in 1993 and it was it was a process the the announcement of forgiveness came at the scene of the crime but 
um, walking through that and the grief and the experience of forgiveness chasing me down and releasing me from that uh, was much, much later in life. And uh, wow, I'm just, I'm really moved by, by your story, man. I, I feel like it's going to be so helpful for our listeners. It's, it's just so impactful and it's if huge. It, if it offers hope, right? That's what this is about. That's right. There's hope. Even though we go through stuff, our circumstances don't determine our identity. That's yep. so good. That's so good. Beautiful. I'm, um, I love the, this, um, the, however you want to define it, quantum to me, love is a measureless, it was before and it's after, but this right here is blows me away that, that God asked you a question through the lens of the finished work mm-hmm. that he actually he invited you into a perspective of your mom in a whole place wow and from wholeness i mean i'm just my i'm like because this for me is we have the saying that we're in the long game that family is the long game i'm i'm convinced that's that's what jesus came to show us that we're we're in a long game and the ultimate the ultimate story is that we're all being reconciled and and so i'm i hear this and i think man you got to hear from your mom yeah. who is whole and what and you didn't have to wait till you got there that's the part where i'm like i man we have a good father well and jason uh, part of this jason the, doesn't it fit into the language that thomas j ord talked to us about that love requires consent so in that i just see in that situation at the graveyard love came to you and it asked for your consent to go to your mother. I said no a couple times. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. No problem, man. We all we get it. I get that. But I mean, when you consented, to but then that, you said yes. When you consented to that love, there was more than you could have possibly imagined on the on the other side of that that request, and yet love still. You can't plan mystery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say that again. You, you can't plan mystery. Yep, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and the, and you're you're right. You said oh it earlier, but those are the things that are so etched in your heart. They just, they're never going to go away. You can never be convinced otherwise. That's the kind of revelation and I that gets etched in you. I appreciate, I appreciate uh, what he, what, what he might've mentioned when you were, were um, when your power was out there. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, well, forgive, no, that forgiveness. Um, um, uh, how did you say it, man? Uh, oh, forgiveness. What's that? Hit rewind. Yeah, I'm, I'm technically, I'm, but you, that you, you, there are two things going on. First of all, Mike, I, I, I've been using ZenCaster for four years and did not know we could message each other. I know so that, you're the you're the first ever that has ever done that. And when you it, you you're the first that's ever used that. I was like, what's going on over here? It cracked me oh, up. Mike and I, I knew we could do it. I just no one ever took advantage of it. We you know. Sorry, it just looked funny to me when you were drinking out of that thing. It looked like a detergent container, a sunlight detergent. That's <laughs> all. It's not. Now that I see that, but anyway. But but forgiveness sets you free. It's for you. It's the gift. It's uh, this. It's not for this, the other person. It's not from the other person. No, and uh, man, that's beautiful because that's the. It's the whole point. It's this freedom. Yeah. That uh, I forget who that, says it. I think it might be Rick Warren, but it talks about that. You know. Bitterness and unforgiveness is the poison that you drink thinking it'll kill someone else. And that forgiveness is the gift you give yourself. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, in the 
in a series that I do on forgiveness, and I keep doing it every couple of years, uh, I start off with misconceptions or quotes of forgiveness. So it's really the pause and pondering of you yeah. know different people, teachers say what forgiveness is. And to have that collection of art at the front end to know, hey, there isn't a correct exact way to see this. But the best part of that series, which you'll get, it's a deconstructing forgiveness because there's eight, there's 18 points of what forgiveness is not. And when you start to detach those, you go, wait, the reason people are not able to forgive is because of misconceptions about forgiveness. Yeah. Then we yeah. get into what it is and how to and all that. It's beautiful. And then we deal with shame and guilt and all that. But well, it's, it's and, I, and I would guess because forgiveness is, you know, th there was a time when I was raised where forgiveness meant forget, and that's impossible. Yeah, impossible. right. Uh, but but you can still be free and remember. Yes, isn't that because yeah, that that the bitterness is not going to control you as much. Um, it it takes time to heal. So the yeah. event I forgive, I can choose in a moment, but I may have to say it three hundred times the next day. Yeah. But then day after that, it's 298. Yeah. And then who knows? God knows what that number is where you're far more free. Yeah. So it's, you're not comparing with anybody. This is your journey. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's good. And it may I, not happen I, I, in this lifetime. Me. It may not happen in this lifetime. I, I just think there's so much freedom in the fact that, uh, you know, freedom or forgiveness is chasing you down that you're, you've made a, <laughs> an effort to by faith forgive and yet freedom yeah. or forgive forgiveness is saying yeah yeah I'm, I'm coming i'll be there at the moment but there's more that you need it but there's more and and the and, and then i love because i know you do funerals yeah but I'm now when you're there man talk about the hope that's that's you're right. able to impart right because forgiveness is a measureless it'll chase you down and it doesn't end in this in this place or it or, or at least it, from my perspective is mercy endures forever. So yeah. uh, it's, it's so much hope that you can impart to folks, which the words I use when I do a committal now are we now commit their earth suit, the body in which they live to their final yeah. resting place, the spirit we leave with God or spirits set now set free. So wow. the earth suit is not who we are. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's so good. My friend. Yeah. That's beautiful. beautiful. Um, well, I, I imagine we could we could spend another hour here, but we've already had you for uh, 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 a, a little bit, of, um, and we haven't I'm even. I'm not looking at the clock, this. so I don't. I didn't know when we started. So yeah, well, <laughs> that was fun. We're, we're we're this is fun. We can do this again. I, I I have a whole bunch of notes. We could talk about being woke. We could talk about Mister Rogers. <laughs> we can we could talk about deconstruction. Maybe we do this again, finding hope in good and difficult times. That's what you've been preaching. Yeah. I wanted that's, to, that's I wanted to point people to years. that because it's really, really a great series. I think you've done two, two parts so far. Uh, three, but I've three, done yeah. Like I've covered, that's been a theme throughout the last couple of years. Okay. Yeah. You know, well, I, um, I, for one, it's hard to find, go and dive into your forgiveness stuff because i feel like you've got send you the links you've got a grasp on this that i want to grab hold of and then relay to other people um i, I just sense you have if it blows me away it's gonna blow you yeah away. yeah I, I'm, <laughs> I'm ready for it man i'm ready to be blown away have you talked with paul you have a similar story to paul young in some respects it was you paul guys... young that helped me go through with the lawsuit Wow. Okay. Okay. So I was picking him up. I was picking him up from an airport to do an event at my church, and I 
we knew we had a similar story, right? So yeah, sure. as I shared with them, I tell them about my guilt and shame of going through this with the pastors that are going to attack me and all this. And his words spoke so deeply into me. Like the guy's just walking love. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but that was really cool. And then just before COVID hit, we had him come back and we did a series on grace and grieving, a whole conference on how to deal with loss at different stages of life, not just death, but loss of dreams, loss of relationships, you name it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then COVID hit right after that. So it was all around that same time. But wow. Paul was part of that. He, he spoke deeply into me. Wow. Well, he, he's, he is, he's walking love. And I, as you were sharing, I, I, I was reminded of, of some of his story too, but absolutely. Well, that's, that's that a beautiful book I give away. I give his book away to so many families. I buy them at the thrift store for three bucks and I got five in the car ready to go at any one time. And I was here misconception of who God is. I want to offer a better picture of who God is than what you may have been told. Yeah. That so good. is hope and light being given out. And it's yeah. so much fun. That's that lens getting cleared, yeah. cleaned off. So you discover yes. the light within you. You can access this love. Love it. Man, you tell us, you promised us a, a killer taco story. So I have two. <laughs> okay, um, let's do it. My best and favorite taco. I was uh, on a missions trip with some kids from my church. Not your traditional missions trip. Uh -huh. This was a expose them to the needs of others trip. Okay. And uh, we were late getting back from an event and there's only one little place open, a stone hut with the, no glass in the windows. We went in, we had small little tacos, like flat, whatever. It was yeah. the best taste uh, of things we ever had in our lives. Um, it was great. They, they made the tortillas there. Right there. Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But the, my favorite, and I haven't tried this yet. I saw it and I'm going to make it. I promise. <laughs> I'm not going to video self myself doing it, but I love watching these these clips of videos of people who cook really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Instagram. Uh, th this one, no, it's not. This is on Facebook. Okay. Um, this one's called a hot dog meatloaf bacon and cheese chill uh, with chili burrito. <laughs> hot dog meatloaf bacon and cheese with chili burrito. Take the meat, make it all flat, put bacon across it, put a big jumbo dog in the middle, wrap it up, and then. You cook that then when that's cooked you then take tortilla wrap it in tortilla and you've got to put some of the um chili in the bottom and cheese then you cook that and it has to get baked then you pour more cheese and chili on it oh, oh my gosh. goodness it's like a dream bite into something delicious <laughs> so i'll send you the link of what i'm talking about because i didn't want to send it before but <laughs> if you like tacos this could impress you that sounds like uh, um, there's a, oh, I forget the name of the restaurant in Rochester all of a sudden, but they have these things called garbage plates. And it's basically, they just pick everything and throw it all together. That I made sounds, a, yeah, I made a spaghetti meatball once where I took all the meat, I made spaghetti, put it inside, wrapped the whole thing up in, in, uh, like in a bowl and then closed it, baked the meatball with the spaghetti in it, poured more sauce on. It was a presentation that I'll never forget. <laughs> It was so good. <laughs> I'm not a cook, but uh, it's got to yeah, be wow. This, is, this whole right? thing is reminding me of a, a Saturday Night Live <laughs> skit where they like say, you know, we make a taco, but then we wrap it in a chalupa. And then, and people are like, ooh, taco town or whatever. And then we wrap it in a pepperoni pizza. What? But wait, we add blueberry lemon pancakes and just keep going and going. And by the time you're done, it's this big. Google the SNL Taco Town skit. You will enjoy it. 
That's awesome. Nick Tahoe's. That's the restaurant in Rochester too. The gar- So you've just described the garbage plate taco. It sounds like. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, yeah, I got to say right beautiful. now with uh, my two Canadian brothers on the screen before me, I am craving Tim Hortons, Tim bits <gasps> like crazy right now. Mm-hmm. I would give anything and for the coffee. One. Yeah. Yeah. I, the Tim Hortons coffee too, man. Yeah. I, that's good. Pretty stuff. Legit. Well, just get a can of it and make your own. Mm. Say that again. Get a can of it and make your own. Yeah. And you're in the whatever it is your container you're drinking out of there. What, what did you call it, Mike? Oh, the uh, sunlight (laughs) detergent (laughs) container. (laughs) That was the comment that came across on the screen. The first comment ever was about my water bottle. That's it. I'm getting a water bottle. I know. I got distracted. I I, I was like, I I don't know. What what is it? Oh, hey, we got a message? I didn't even notice. (laughs) Hey. Mike, where do we where do we find you? How do we download uh, some of these YouTube. teachings that you have? Yeah, it's Michael Zenker at YouTube on YouTube. That's it. Um, uh, I do my sermons; they're all there. There's playlists there. The okay. forgiveness series playlist is there, which I'll directly link to you because you want to okay. see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, my sermons are all on there. I'm on Facebook. Um, yeah, that's well, the best way to do it. Love it, man. I. Honored to 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 meet you, uh, spend some time. I'm honored. With this you. has been fun. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, thank you yeah, so much. Seriously, really cool. I, um, your openness and vulnerability, it just it means the world to us, and I know it will to yeah. our audience. Uh, a lot of people out there hurting and lonely and steeped in darkness, and I, you just brought a lot of light today, and I really really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Well, if yeah. they know they're not alone, that really makes a difference. Yep. That somebody That's else has gone through something else. There is hope. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We'll do this again. Love and because uh, I do, I didn't even get to, there's a whole, whole list of things I wanted to ask you, but, but, uh, yeah, there's we'll going to be a zinker I, I'm part really two for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Thanks for being on the podcast. It's been an honor. Thank you. That was uh, a really, really awesome conversation with uh, those two guys, Derek and Jason. Um, I hope you were encouraged by that. If you didn't get to see the whole thing yet, um, it's an hour and 15-minute conversation. So if you jumped in later, go back. Um, This idea of unlearning misconceptions of who God is, misconceptions on forgiveness, misconceptions on pick a topic. Uh, there's some great authors out there dealing with it. We have authors from all around the world. We got some down in Australia. Uh, Michael Frost is down there. He was, um, in fact, he was up here in Kitchener-Waterloo with Vision Ministries and spoke to our group there. And he he ruffled some feathers in a really good way. I loved it. But he he also deals with just that lens of, okay, there's more, there's better, and so start looking there are great authors and i think derek or jason i forget which one now one of them wrote a book um leaving jesus something like that so i'm gonna i'm gonna get into that audiobook i just bought it um and i think the other guy also wrote a book that's coming out in like any time now so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing those um and reading those and uh, i'm gonna have them on this program to have a conversation with all of you and get to hear their stories because I, I kind of shared my lens and my story, but I want to hear theirs because I, I think there's a lot there in the background from what they alluded to. So I want to see us uh, hear uh, more from them. So that's it for now. I hope you have a really great day. Enjoy this. Share this podcast if you enjoyed it, and we'll catch you next time. 
Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.